are here. We are ready to go. Great topic today. We're going to be looking up. It's good to look up. We've been in a series entitled Because of Christ. And we're looking at some of the things that we have because of Christ. And who remembers what we talked about? We said, because of Christ, I have hope. I like that one. How about, because of Christ, I have forgiveness. Remember this one? Because of Christ, I can be calm. That's a good one. Because of Christ, I have grace. Because of Christ, I can love. I have gifts. I can pray. And I have joy. We ended last time with, because of Christ, I can inspire others. Oh, we're going to wrap it up today. The best one of all. Because of Christ. I have heaven. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to that one, aren't we? Heaven? Are you kidding me? Bring it on. That's what I say. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. Now, this is a good topic because it reminds us of our eternal destiny. See, life on earth, it's not the end. It's the beginning. It's not a wall. It's a door. Life on earth is a journey to the final home of the believer in Jesus Christ. Are you a believer in Jesus? Well, we're talking about you today. If you're not, today's a good day. Let's do it. Today's a good day to receive Christ as your Savior. See, the Apostle Paul tells us, he said, Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, where he's seated at the right hand of God. And then he talks about our thought life. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. So it's good to be looking up, because when you think of eternal things, you have more of a positive outlook toward life. It's good to think about heaven. So let's note a few things today about heaven. Okay, here we go. Number one, where will heaven be? Hmm. A lot of people think they know, but I wonder if you really do. In the vision that God gave to John, he wrote in Revelation 21, verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Oh, for the first heaven and the first earth, they passed away. Wow. And there's no longer any sea. And then get this now. He said, And I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. Now, do you know what the new Jerusalem is? It's the home of the bride of Christ. It's our honeymoon cottage that we're going to be living in the new Jerusalem. So when we think about eternity, we'll be housed in a new sky, above a new earth, and we'll be living in a brand new city. Because the old one's going to be rolled up like a scroll and replaced with something 
brand new. Now, people have images of heaven, right? Like being a cloudy domain. You know, they see clouds and angels strumming on harps, you know, but I don't know where that came from. Sure didn't come from God. We, as the bride of Christ, will actually be dwelling in the heavenly city on a brand new earth in the presence of Christ. He'll be our husband. We'll be his bride. Okay? So, point number two, Jesus will be with us in our new domain. John said in verse three, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold. In other words, pay attention. The tabernacle of God is among men. What's the tabernacle of God? Well, the tabernacle is a tent. It's a dwelling place. And it speaks of Christ. God dwells in Christ. So the tabernacle of God is among men. And he will dwell among them. And they shall be his people. And God himself will be among them. I'm like, finally, we're going to be with Christ. And he'll be with us. Because remember, we're the bride of Christ. Jesus wants to be, here it comes, near his bride. That's good. He wants to be near his bride. And if you're part of the bride of Christ through faith in him, then guess what? He wants to be near to you. And Jesus always wanted to be near his people. Let's rewind back in the Garden of Eden, right? Jesus would come to visit Adam and Eve. He'd walk through the garden in the cool of the day, and he would fellowship with them. Jesus always wanted to be with his people. He dwelt with the Israelites in the tabernacle as they traveled across the wilderness, and now he lives inside of us as church-age believers. And not only will God change our domain, but thirdly, he'll change us. Boy, I need this one. (laughs) How about you? I need this one. (laughs) Verse 4. Notice the change he's going to bring. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any grieving or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. The first things. What are those first things? The first things of this life. That which we're experiencing now, we will not experience in the new earth and in heaven. It's all going to change. Think about it. So many tears have been shed throughout human history. You could fill an ocean with human tears. And with every loss, a tear falls. Loss of health. Loss of purpose. Loss of a long-time friend. Loss of love. Loss of a loved one. On earth, our hearts are broken. Oh, but in heaven, our hearts are healed. We will finally and completely be put back together again. Isn't that something wonderful to look forward to? Yeah, right now we're Humpty Dumpty Christians. We're all in pieces. But one day, he's going to put us all together again. Number four, 
life will be totally different from what we know today. See, all this is in Revelation 21. You can read it later. Verse 5, He who sits on the throne said, Behold, there it is again. What's that? Pay attention. (laughs) Don't daydream. Listen. Behold, I am making all things new. Everything is going to be new, which means it's going to be different. You know, the beautiful scriptures that prophesy the coming kingdom, the millennial reign of Christ, the lion lies down with the lamb. That means there'll be no vicious wild animals. Wow. Nature will be tamed. The environment will be a perfect environment. The air will be clean. There'll be no terrible storms bringing destruction. There'll be no war. There'll be world peace for a thousand years. Not like the fake peace the Antichrist is going to bring, but the real peace. Because, see, Jesus will be ruling the earth from the heavenly city. The heavenly city, the New Jerusalem, will be our home, and Jesus will rule the earth, and the heavenly city will come down on the earth, and we'll go in and out, and the Lord will be the king. Now, speaking of the heavenly city, how big is this city? Do you ever think about it? How big is the heavenly city, the New Jerusalem? How many people will dwell in the New Jerusalem? You think of believers, right? It's for the believers of the church age. It's people that are saved on the day of Pentecost all the way to the rapture. That's the church age. These are the believers that make up the bride of Christ, and they'll be living in the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. How many will there be when it's all said and done? Well, we don't know the number, but I can tell you the size of the city. And maybe that'll give you an idea how many members of the bride of Christ. As a matter of fact, it's written in verses 15 and 16 of Revelation 21. See, everything we say here on New Hope Radio is scripturally based. We don't make stuff up. We just explain the Word of God. Okay? So here's what it says in verse 15. The one who spoke with me, John is saying this, had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square and its length as great as the width, and he measured the city with a rod, 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. I'm like, woo, baby. This is the size of the heavenly city, 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide or deep, and 1,500 miles high. Man, if you're afraid of heights, you better hope you get a first floor. (laughs) Although, if you like a view, shoot for the top. Some say the heavenly city is in the shape of a cube. Others say, no, it's more like a pyramid because of the dispersion of weight. But let's get a sense of how big the city is. The United States is about 2,800 miles across. Okay? So... If the city of the New Jerusalem is a little bigger than half the size of America, this will give you an idea how many believers will be living there. 
Okay? It's like almost, it's a little more than half the size of our country. That's a city. Okay? Now, don't forget, it's also 1,500 miles high. So there are either many, many mountain cabins or condos in the city. It stretches, say, from, they would say, from New York to Texas, something like that. Boom. That's the city. That's the honeymoon cottage of the Bride of Christ and the Lamb of God. And that's where we'll be living. Now, in verse 10, John said that he saw the holy city descending as he stood on a high mountain, and he watched its descent. So it's it's coming out of heaven, right? Remember Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. This is it. What's he preparing? <laughs> the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. And John said, he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Now, there are other descriptions of the city as well. Gates of pearl. Yes, pearly gates. It doesn't mean the gates are made of pearl. You know what it means? Each gate is one big pearl. They hollowed out an entrance into the pearl, and you walk through the pearl. That's the gate. Streets of gold. Yeah, in the heavenly city. Foundations made of huge gemstones. The foundation is not decorated with gemstones. It is a gemstone. They're piled on top of each other. Big ones. Really big ones. The city is beautiful. And it's relevant to those who are going to live there. It's perfect. And don't forget, it's the home of Jesus. Nothing but the best for the Lord. Just like when he came into the garden. The garden Oh, it was a beautiful place. It was perfect. It was utopia. Fit for the Lord. And when Jesus creates the heavenly city and the new earth, fit for him. Worthy of him. You know why he's not on the earth right now? This world, it's not worthy of him. But when he makes a new one, it will be worthy of him. And you know what God's heart is? God's heart is that all would go. But he knows they all won't. That's God's heart. That everybody would come into the city. But they won't. They'd rather not. You know, in John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus said to his disciples, at the last meal that they had together, before he was arrested and he went to the cross, he said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God? And they're probably like, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Jesus, we believe in God. But then he said, believe also in me. And Jesus is saying, you can't have the Father if you don't have the Son. If you want to love the Father, you have to love me. If you're going to really believe in the Father, you have to believe in me. Think about how you want to be loved. If, if somebody doesn't love your kids, 
then they can't love you, right? If you don't love my kids, don't bother loving me. Don't say to me, oh, I love you, but I hate your kids. Oh, yeah? Then you don't love me. And you probably feel the same way. So Jesus is saying, you love the Father? Gotta love the Son. This is where entrance into heaven begins. This is where you get your ticket. With a belief in and acceptance of Jesus Christ, the Savior. That's where it all starts right there. And what does it mean, Jesus is the Savior? What does that mean? Well, let's listen to John the Baptist. What was his message? Well, in John one twenty nine, the next day, John the Baptist, he saw Jesus coming to him, and he said, Behold! There it is again. Look at that. Pay attention. Don't miss it. It's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There he is. Here he comes. That's the one. That's the one that God has sent. You know, when something is sent, it has to be received. If you don't receive it, the sending is of no value. Right? You probably bought stuff on Amazon, do a lot of shopping online, and you find this item and you put in your information and your credit card and you hit send, boom. And then you wait two days later, you're waiting for it. And it comes. And you receive it joyfully. Now, if you say, I don't want to receive it, I just want to order it, but I don't want it. Well, then you don't get the benefit. God has sent his son. All you have to do is receive him. And you know, John recognized Jesus as the Lamb of God, the one that came to take away the sin of the world. And then the last thing Jesus said on the cross when he was taking away the sins, Tetelestai, it is finished. It's done. That which Jesus came to do, he did. And he finished it. And he made a way for all people to come to him and be saved and be forgiven. And we can enter into the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. Let me ask you, are you going in? Are you going in? I know this is a Christian program, but there's a lot of non-Christians that listen. But you got to take care of business. You got to finish. You got to finish the plan. You've got to receive the package, the package that God has sent. And the package is his son. So now, as far as salvation of the world goes, the plan of God has been fulfilled. It's done. He can't do any more for us than he's already done. For God so loved the world that he gave, he sent, he gave as a gift, his only begotten son, that whoever, who's a whoever? You're a whoever, I'm a whoever. Everybody's a whoever. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Wow. 
For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world. Some people have it wrong. He didn't come to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He came to offer salvation, forgiveness. All you have to do is accept the package. Believe. Now you can understand what Jesus meant when he said, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God? It's beautiful. Believe also in me. You know why? In my father's house, many dwelling places. Oh, yeah. Because this house is 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high. There's many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, Jesus is like, I'm not kidding with you guys. I'm not playing with your heads. You know where I'm going? I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's where I'm going. I'm going to the carpenter shop. I'm going to build a city. And then he said, if I go and I prepare a place for you, you know what? I'm coming back. (laughs) I'm coming back. And I'm going to receive you to myself. I'm coming and get you. That where I am, you may be also. He's coming back. So he goes away. He builds a city. And then he comes back for his bride. He's coming back in the rapture. Some people don't believe in the rapture. Well, you know what? If you had your way, you'd never get in the city. But thankfully, your disbelief in the rapture is not going to stop God. Because he's going to take you anyway. You will be raptured. (laughs) You will. You're going up. And you know where he's bringing you? To the heavenly city, the New Jerusalem. And that beautiful city will house the bride of Christ. And it'll be suspended above the earth during the great tribulation. It'll be a mile above the earth. And then at the end of the tribulation, when God cleans house, wipes out all the unbelievers, the only people that are left on the earth are the believers that came through the tribulation. They got saved in the tribulation. They missed the rapture, but at least they get saved in the tribulation. And then the heavenly city, coming down. It's going to rest on the earth. And Jesus will rule for a thousand years from the heavenly city. And we, the bride of Christ, will be seated with him and will be ruling with him. And the Old Testament saints will be resurrected and they'll be living on the earth outside the city. But it'll be a beautiful earth and they'll be happy. But we'll be in the city. You know why? Because we are the bride of Christ. That's who we are. Speaks of the most intimate, personal relationship that anyone can have. And that's what we're going to have with the Lord Jesus. So let me ask you, do you have heaven? If you have the Son, S-O-N, capital (laughs) S-O-N, you'll have heaven. You just got to get the Son. You got to receive the package, the gift that God has sent for you. And for me, it's a gift that we didn't deserve, that we didn't earn, 
But why did God give us that gift? The reason anybody gives a gift. Because of love. Hopefully that's why you give a gift. Because of love. And God loves us. So he sent us a gift. And you know what? He sent us a gift that would change everything. Changes our eternal destiny. And I really believe that when we know and understand these things, it does shape the way we live. I mean, how can we know these truths and not have it make an impact on us? Like we said earlier from the Apostle Paul, set your affections on things above. You have an affection for God, an affection for eternal things. You have a love. See, when you know what God has done for you, and when you know what God has prepared for you, man, that's got to make a difference. It's got to make a difference in our attitude, in our mood, in our perspective, in our goals. It's got to it's got to bring about some positive change. It really does. So we really need to understand eternal things. We really do. And I'll tell you what, it'll shape us and mold us and it'll, it'll help us along in our Christian walk. It will. So I hope this whole series, Because of Christ and all the things we talk about, has been a benefit. We'll come back next time with something brand new. I haven't figured it out yet, but we'll come up with something for you. Stay faithful. Stay consistent listening to the Word of God here on New Hope Radio. Because, um, you know, we just, we want to do what the program says. Give you hope. People need hope. They really do. We're living in times right now that are very confusing. And if we don't have biblical, spiritual answers for what's going on in the world, we're not going to have any hope. We're not. But God's Word gives us, oh yeah, great perspective. It really does. And when you stick with the Word of God, and when you stick with Christian programming, you'll get the hope that you need to continue in this life. And we want to stay on the radio. And that's why we offer you a membership to the Hope Club. $3 a week pays our radio bill, and you'll get an email devotional Monday through Friday. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click on giving. Click on e-giving. Choose the fund radio. Fill out the information. On your honor, commit $3 a week. And we'll send you those emails, and that'll pay our radio bills. That'll guarantee that we are here every day. If you've got a question, call us at 508-324-4500. 508-324-4500. Email us at newhoperadio7 at gmail.com. <laughs>